The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. Sweaty hands won't work. Hi, welcome to Very Loose Women. Uh, this episode is on orgasm, and you're about to listen to Donna Sanma, Love to Love You. So that was Donna Summer, uh, Love to Love You, and you're listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance FM. First, we've got a list of songs to wank to. Emma, what's your favourite? Sorry, um, I hate the word wank. Do we have to use that term? <laughs> what's that, Lizzie? <laughs> you're objecting to use the word wank. Yes. What do you prefer? Masturbate. Oh, yes. There's a number of good euphemisms of masturbation as well. Has anyone got any favourite Ma- masturbation okay, euphemisms? Wait, but there's way better euphemisms, euphemisms for male masturbation than female masturbation. Like, yeah. What about double clicking the mouse? Double That's clicking. for girls. That is good. I, like I haven't that. heard that. Licking the bean is a classic, but I don't like that one. I think the thing is, when it's um, a euphemism for men, it sounds quite perfunctory and maybe a bit aggressive. Like it's basically you're doing it as quick as possible to get it over. It's with. a mechanical act. Yes. Whereas when it's female, it seems to be much more esoteric. Clicking the mouse. Double clicking. <laughs> double click. I was thinking of the bean, but um, I mean it's a bit esoteric. Um, there must be animal ones. Like stroking the rabbit. <gasps> oh, Did you make that up? That's, that's very horrible. That's great. Oh, that's I like gross. it because of the soft rabbitiness. I think I would probably just say something like, you know, self pleasure. <laughs> I would not say that. I would say wank. I don't think I ever purposefully listen to music while masturbating, but I feel like Minnie Ripperton would be a great, great choice for What? Le Fleur. Um, not Le Fleur. What's the one that I love? Loving You. You know the one. That oh, one's awful. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That one. It's the sort of thing that comes up on 90s romance films. Yeah, the kind of romantic interlude, maybe some fireworks going on. I actually, um, depending on what mood I'm in, maybe um, the, like, a bit of Nouvelle Vogue, um, Master and Servants, which, if you're that way inclined, um, is quite sexy. I did an amateur video of that. <laughs> this is a new side. What kind of video, Lily? <laughs> I was wearing a dress. You say you're wearing a dress like it removes any kind of sexual element. It a does. leather dress? No, it, it was a cotton grey dress. <laughs> that removes any sexual element, yes. Right. Okay, now on to our main topic. What is an orgasm? I need help on this. Really? Okay. Would, okay. Okay, first of all, can each of you describe the feeling? I'm really interested in this, um, specifically from a male point of view. So I've actually asked several partners of mine um, what it feels like to have an orgasm as a man. And they've all had quite interesting answers. So, for example, one guy told me that the whole feeling of having sex is basically trying to stop yourself from coming. And I was like, God, that sounds brilliant. Um, how? How? <laughs> well, no, as in, like, it's literally at any point they could just come. So the pleasure of having sex is just stopping themselves and just having a having a whale of a time, um, which seems like God, that's very easy. Someone said to me that it was a bit like like imagine a kind of this was quite weird actually a ball bearing that you're trying to slowly guide 
down a certain path and it's quite frustrating a bit how a bit like a pinball machine i suppose like you're desperately trying to get this thing to a certain point and you know it's going to happen a bit like seeing light at the end of the tunnel and you have to concentrate and concentrate and concentrate and then eventually it goes through and that feeling is the feeling of satisfaction so it's like you've kind of earned it but there's got to be mental concentration there as well as physical stimuli. is that for girls or boys so these were two boys which i thought was quite interesting because i always maybe from reading trashy magazines imagine that a male orgasm is very different to a female one just in terms of physicality so that makes me imagine that it actually does genuinely feel different and people sometimes say the female one's more complex but i i don't know what you know how you'll never know that um, i've read that it feels like needing to pee a little bit but i think that sometimes you need to pee when you're having like get you know depending on the angle you, you know you might actually feel like you need to pee that's the point where i stop and say i don't want to piss myself right here now so i'm going to go for a wee while we're and i think that also just highlights the difference between you know um an orgasm that you would have through having sex but an orgasm that you'd have through masturbation i think they actually are two quite different things they're very different experiences and for me i would say that masturbation is like um relief for yourself so it goes hand in hand with trying to relax <laughs> that was not deliberate um with relaxation and maybe trying to sleep that sort of thing and it's like a sort of routine thing where sex is much more obviously about a partner masturbation is never going to be as exciting i think it's actually more of a comforting type thing sometimes that moves some really weird the idea of release and relaxation is really central to to an orgasm it's it's that climax and then post climax that feeling of just um satisfaction Yay! somehow <laughs> yeah like bodily satisfaction okay can i have your stories of first orgasms oh goodness actually i, I feel like i am um, had quite a few in my sleep i definitely feel like i've had like dreams where i've and i wonder if that was I didn't my first think that one counts. why does that not count well not if you were sleeping why not like a wet dream doesn't count are you sure that it happened because i i'm never entirely sure whether it actually has happened i mean i couldn't guarantee it and i will never be able to guarantee it but you know i definitely have woken up feeling like you know woken up to an orgasm as mm. it were really um, so i wonder about that but i can i don't know Hist- i can't historically like think of the chronology of when my first orgasm was but probably on purpose quite late on when i first started you know double cuffing the mouse <laughs> that was probably it. I wasn't one of these people that started, you know, like rubbing myself on pillows or any of those kind of activities. Do you know what I mean? Like people do that. I didn't do any of that stuff. So have any of you not been sure that what you're having is an orgasm? Yeah, for quite a long time. So for me, it was actually quite early on. I feel like I can't really pinpoint a beginning. It just seems to have always been not like I, I definitely like when I was very young. I don't remember doing anything, but I can't say when I became aware of that physical sensation. I don't think I realized what it was um until I was much older and I think it's the sensation itself has changed a lot as I've got older as well it seems to be more complex now and more linked to an emotional thing rather than just say like scratching an itch um it's not like that now it's much more dependent on external factors i think i'm always aware if i am or not well apart from the sleep ones when no one's sure but like um sometimes you just have one or like you have kind of it's building to one but like for whatever reason like the rhythm goes wrong collapses like, just, yeah just something goes wrong and then it never really like gets fulfilled so I've definitely so experienced like a failed one definitely yeah. i mean obviously we all speak from the perspective of women and a lot of people say for women it is more psychological and once you lose your momentum almost it's very hard to reclaim the sensation 
that you were feeling? I think it is psychological to get in the frame of mind for it to happen. I think you know very early on whether it's going to happen or not. You know, in your, in your head, it's clear. Are you in the mood or are you not? And you can't do too much to change that, in my experience. Once you've got to that point, whether it is going to definitely be 100% bang on going to take place comes down to just the physical. Sorry, so, comes down. <laughs> Every time anyone uses the word um, So, lols. how are you for sex and orgasm? I think, actually... When I think about it, it probably took quite a long time to get to that point. Yeah. And like the first, my first sexual relationship, like it took a while of trying things out and whatever. And like, I just, well, it wasn't happening. <laughs> but I think like, <laughs> sorry. So I should say here. at this point that we're in a public place yeah. and we're talking about this. We're in a pub, literally <laughs> a public place. <laughs> sorry, I just collapsed there. But basically the point I wanted to make, I think, was just that like things physiologically were probably like everything was in order and like I did like the person quite a lot but like I think I was just very nervous and I wasn't like very kind of I didn't really understand my, my body and myself that well enough to like give in to doing it so it was kind of it would be like on the way on the way and I like, kind of like get nervous and back out of the situation. I feel like you just have you just get to a point eventually where you relax enough that's definitely what happened to me because I definitely think it was like almost you know pushing the hand away and being like oh don't know don't know. I think it's very easy to fall back onto like quite anodyne sex or whatever that's based around films and television so you imagine this very clean and happy looking couple just doing something that involves like thrusting in the nether regions that everything else is kind of organized and very nice looking whereas actually there's like quite specific uh, maneuvers that you're looking for that maybe make your hand hurt and make you get incredibly sweaty like these things are really awkward if you're not it, for me I think it's very hard to have that type of you know if, if you're gonna orgasm all the time with someone you've got to know them incredibly well and really trust them and you're either very fortunate some people do come very easily some people take more effort but I know that for me and myself um, that type of thing is going to be with someone who I probably have very emotional relationship with because yeah it's, it's, it's difficult and it requires like a certain level of effort and attention and trust yeah I mean, I don't think I could ever come from a one-night stand situation. Like, I just no. don't enjoy it. But I do know people who say they only come from one-night stands. So why is that? I reckon it's kind of a, like, excitement mm. and thrill and kind of, like, getting someone to fancy you and knowing that you've kind of got that person there and, they, they you know, they really want to have sex with you. Very psychological kind of, like... I think there's definitely something about, about conquest and about exploration of a new environment or a new person new body which really turns some people on whereas others really require the trust that only comes from being with a partner that you know intimately and have known intimately for a long time and i'm sure there are people who could who could uh climax in both those situations but yeah. i don't think it's unusual to struggle you know if, if it's a maybe a, a one-time partner i should have one night stands <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say probably not <laughs> has anyone here ever faked an orgasm Yes. <laughs> why, why did you do it? I wouldn't do it if I knew the person really well and had a good relationship with them. Um, I've only really done it in kind of one-night stand situations, I suppose, or like casual situations where um, it's... I think for, for some people, rightly or wrongly, for, for men actually, um, there's a real emphasis on making a girl um, have an orgasm. Uh, that is ostensibly a very nice and generous thing. But it's also quite a lot of pressure because, as you just talked about, it can take a long time of um, trusting getting to know someone. So I think for a lot of men, they'd be really disappointed and think that there's something wrong with them if um, a female didn't have an orgasm when having sex with them. But ultimately, 
it's quite hard to say to someone when you don't know them that well and it's you know you're having some kind of casual liaison and it's very difficult to sort of say to them look I'm not going to camp but I'm still going to enjoy it and for me an orgasm is actually quite a small part of having sex there's a lot of other things it's very fun it is just fun and I don't think that you know coming it's in some ways neither here nor there it's about having a physical experience full body experience it's about you know feeling attractive it's about um having the like free son of you know will you won't you you know are they going to invite you back like whatever it is there's a lot of things that add into that sort of relationship and you could be with someone for a few months and it's not all about the coming it's about lots of other things it's not about having discreet yeah, I think um, physical appreciation sex. is a really big deal. Yeah. I also think we're really lucky that we live in an age where, as women, we have expectations from sex. Because I just think this is such a modern phenomenon, really. Like, I think yeah. if, you, if you look back in time, for, you know, for a long period, no one talks about female sexuality. No one talks about women masturbating. No one talks about the idea of uh, women having an orgasm that wasn't from penetrative sex, even though penetrative sex is probably not that likely to induce an orgasm mm. and here we are sitting talking about all the different ways yeah so just on on the topic of faking here's the very famous clip um so meg ryan in when harry met sally fakes an orgasm in public and i thought it was appropriate because even though there are fewer people there's no one in the room anymore apart from us <laughs> we scared them off <laughs> we did with all of our sex chat um yeah she fakes an orgasm in a public place here's what was that supposed to mean nothing it's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. You don't think that I can tell a difference? No. Get out of here. Oh. Ooh. Are you okay? Oh. Oh, God. Yes! 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 Oh! Oh! Oh, oh, God. Oh. I'll have what she's having. Okay, so that was the clip from When Harry Met Sally. Um, Yeah, just kind of on the topic of people faking orgasms, I kind of thought it was a kind of fairly well-publicized fact that women might do it. Um, But my friend was recently, she's doing a PhD on sexuality in teenagers, and she was talking to this one boy who was talking about basically when he has sex, the main point he says is to like make girls scream. And like he, he said it like a lot of times. I've been transcribing the interviews and he, he definitely used the word, the phrase make her scream like 15 times. But anyway, that was the main point of having sex for him. And then my friend in, who's interviewing him says to him, well, do you think like a girl could ever enjoy it but just not be screaming? And he says, no, I always make them scream. And then she says to him, do you think it's possible that they're screaming but like just to make you feel good and maybe they're not actually having an orgasm? And it's like, this has never occurred to this boy. And like, you could just hear it like shaking his confidence and him kind of saying like, what? what? No, no, that couldn't be happening. No, definitely not. But like, obviously he'd never even heard of it. But um, I also related to that, read this article recently where they talked about men faking orgasms and how common that was. Mm. <laughs> so, someone just entered the room looking rather shocked. So, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that kind of surprised me because actually it never occurred to me that a man would fake an orgasm. Obviously, it's quite easy to tell. I've had in... someone fake an orgasm. How did you know? Well, I was, yeah. It was just really obvious. It was so obvious. I think... Did you say anything? Of course I didn't say anything. <laughs> How was it so I obvious? Really, um, because I think it's quite easy to tell. It's definitely easy to tell if you're condom-wise. Of course I was using protection. Um, it just, normally, it, there's quite a kind of um, 
there's a physical reaction from the genital area when a man comes, which makes it quite obvious. Um, but it felt, <laughs> it was definitely like it ended in a whimper, not a bang. Like a it deflation. Just, yeah. Oh, but <laughs> so I don't like, know, like I felt immediately like a balloon just kind of. <laughs> but I've definitely go. experienced, well, I mean, maybe people were constantly lying to me. Maybe this is going to be a revelation to me like it was in the boy in the interview. But I mean, I, I've definitely had sex with people where like the kind of final, thinking about orgasm sounds obviously of a kind of like, you know, you know the noise I mean, the grunting. But like, you know, you know, I've definitely had sex with people where, where it then ended in a kind of like, hmm. No, it was more like the the actual the, the actual feeling. The, the phallus. The, yeah, the, <laughs> that that is exactly what I mean. Um, the you know the evidence was there in that there was nothing. Or there was no evidence. There, there was, was no a lack evidence. of evidence. That's um, very interesting. But you know, I do you I think, think that's alcohol related. Do you think I was going to say? Do you think there's too much pressure on men to deliver? Because for yeah. a woman, frankly, whether you climax or not, okay, some women will fake it, some won't. But you don't but necessarily have an expectation. You want it to end. Sometimes you want it to... No, I think that that is a question I also want to know. Like, do we feel pressure to have an orgasm when we're having sex? I certainly don't. I mean, like, I think occasionally... I think when it's, like, they're obviously trying really hard and, like, they just, you know, like, maybe they've come already and they're doing something and it's kind of going on and on and you kind of feel like, oh, maybe I'm going to come, maybe I'm not. And it's going on and on and on. And, like, both of you are kind of like, should we give up? Should we not give up? Oh, okay, we'll just keep going. (laughs) Like, that's very... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very stressful. It's not, like, I mean, yeah, you should just give up, I guess. if you're not having fun, like, if you're not making it a varied and exciting experience where you have the confidence just to kind of change roles in terms of who's directing it, like if you don't have that, then all that's going to happen is that you're going to continue on exactly the same theme and it could be, you know, you could be feasibly doing it for like an hour and everyone is getting progressively more and more sore and distressed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just boring. Like how long are you going to, you know, have that kind of, um, it's almost transactional, like a kind yeah. of, in out, in out, shake it all about. Um, you don't want that. You want um, to have an experience that is enriching and, and everyone always laughs when I say that because it sounds really hippie-ish, but, you know, you want to give someone, like, a holistic experience rather than just uh, your groins connected. Okay, do you think porn has kind of increased that uh, that sense that it is transactional and that, yeah, it's, and, and that it's, A, acceptable for women to fake, B, acceptable to be quite poundy and see it's all about the man ultimately delivering i think i think most um i mean well you can't really generalize because i wouldn't say that i've um been with like a cross-section of society but you know the people that i've been in relationships or otherwise with you know none of them have been sexist i wouldn't say um and they certainly like they like the idea of pleasing women mm. because it is that ego boost um so they are generous i think there are lots of men out there who do want to sort of please women but it but that can add an extra pressure as well it can it's a pressure if someone's even though they're doing it for a nice reason but i think they do think of it very much in terms of kind of it's pornification it's like you know still within the realms of oh you know you can't wait for me to like ram it inside you Mm. whatever like which they um they're not necessarily like that but they have that idea of sex in itself is like the end kind of goal Mm. rather than let's just be close and get to know each other I think, like, the way that you're going to best produce orgasms for everyone is if you're kind of, like, in it together, not like, okay, now we're going to do this and you're going to come and I'm mm. going to be, like, working really hard and whatever. Schedule. More like, yeah, more like, we're doing this together, we're trying together to have a nice experience. Just in the nitty-gritty, like, how? <laughs> how do you have an orgasm? What What's the, like, what's, what's your own particular process? profile for it? 
this definitely makes me calm. A really good friend of mine can orgasm just through clenching her own vaginal muscles. And when I questioned this and said, my God, that's ridiculous. How can you do that? She said, I've been doing my exercises. Haven't you? And I was like, hang on. Don't turn this into a personal attack about my pelvic floor. I don't think I'm unusual in not being able to make myself come by clenching. Have we tried though? That's what I think. I'd actually like to set this as a idea does say that a lot. What? Like, come on your own by not touching yourself? No. No, the clenching thing. Like, whenever I've read that Cosmo, it always talks about the clenching. It is but important, but it won't make you come. It will just... Cosmo says it in a way that, like, men love it when you do that. But if you're on your own in a room, could you just keep yeah. clenching and eventually you come? I sit here, you know, sitting cross-legged, eating a cup of soup or whatever, clench <laughs> and then manage Classic masturbation like, you know, fodder. I can, I can do that. I, I actually do want to try this, and I not right now, but I feel like we should like in the coming coming in the coming week we should all have, give it a go and see if we can. Okay. Devote some time, light a candle. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, like me and my moon gut. I would <laughs> exactly. be way um, too worrying about health and safety if I lit a candle. You I can, I can actually, candle. I can tell you a bit about my orgasm profile. Um, and I, I personally think that it shouldn't be as we talk about these things. Um, I actually work for um, Cancer Charity. One of the reports that we recently published has been about people don't talk about the effects of treatments for different diseases on your life. It's really underreported how cancer treatment especially can really negatively affect your sex life and that's something that is so difficult people don't it's almost like oh you're lucky to be alive so yeah. why should you why is it a big deal that you can't orgasm anymore but you know so many older men obviously have prostate cancer treatment and women who maybe have had cervical cancer like all sorts of things but this is like your sex life it's called your sex life because it is such a huge part of yourself and it's a completely different side of your life than everything else but to a lot of people it's you know one of the most important aspects of their being and you don't normally talk about it with anyone but if you lose your sex life and your ability to you know enjoy it how can you go and talk to people about it and imagine being someone who's you know 50 and suddenly for the first time in their life with their husband they can no longer orgasm and they maybe can't even have sex how do you then renegotiate that relationship it must be really hard to talk about it so I think it is actually a really important issue for me it's important to talk about it and I know that I can't have a satisfactory sexual relationship unless I have a partner who I can communicate with and you know has my best interests at heart just on a kind of related note a film that I saw quite recently called The Sessions about like a paraplegic man having a sex sex surrogate and it's like exploring that relationship there's a lot of talk about like the disabled and how they mm. manage to orgasm, and it's quite interesting for that. Um, you know, people who, like, don't have any sensation there, for example. That's just a really good film to watch if you're into that. But, Emma, you have a, a friend who can orgasm with their mind. I, well, it's not my friend. But, yeah, my friend has sex with a girl, and after they had sex, she says, I have to tell you something, I, just, I really have to tell you something. And she really built it up, and he got really worried that she was going to announce that she used to be a man. But, actually, <laughs> what she announced was, you will never make me come. I have to do it myself. That's the only way I can do it. So then they lay in the bed together and she just like didn't touch stuff at all, but like made herself come using her mind. She can only do it using her mind. Maybe she really, really like needs to concentrate and like find mm, sex too distracting yeah. to be Maybe doing it's it. And like, like psychological side of it. It's all, you know, it's all in her mind. But, but you do hear about people who, if they lose sensation in their, you know, let's say clitoris or whatever, they find that, that another part of your body becomes super sensitive. Is that really? why you were touching your nipple just then? As you, as you said it. She really as if was. To, as if to, she was, yeah. Was as if to, to imply. That, yeah, and that's actually what they talked about in the film. Yeah, nipples. Do you, does anyone have a, like a erogenous zone that is not obvious? Like any kind of stroking is nice, like massaging or just even like tapping. 
that's nice. Oh, you're one of those. But not vigorous things, just like being really gentle, I think mm. is nice. Like, just even like a little stroke on your back or something or a little pat, that's nice. But not like a punch. I told one of my friends um, recently how I, I really like having my face held during sex. And she just started laughing, was like, oh my God, you're one of those weirdos. I bet you start crying. And I was like, all right, calm down. <laughs> Is that a thing? Sex can them? be very emotional. I think Definitely. Emotional. I think it's, cry. Even if I, you know, even if you don't really know the person that well, I still get really emotional. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I mean, like, if we want to talk about crying and sex, I've got a whole raft of stories. Like, sometimes you cry, yeah, because it is such a release. And, like, it's just obviously a very emotional thing. And if you're with someone you, like, really love and feel really close to, then it is, like... And if you have a simultaneous, you know, both coming at the same time, mm. that's a classic tearjerker. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> I did discover this, and actually, yeah, it's a bit sad, but I, there was, like, a little phase in my life when I would, like, be having sex, and, like, it just... For whatever reason, I would just start crying. I'd be like, why am I crying? And I kind of worked it out and attributed it to if I just, like, was about to come and then it didn't happen. It was, like, the kind of confusion of a situation. of Like, it was not, it wasn't anger. It was, like, it was going so well. And then, no. And, like, that definitely was stressful. Um, Emma, you found this project where women read books and underneath the table they were being, what would you call that? Vibrated. Someone had a vibrator. And so as they were reading, they eventually just ended up coming. What are the kind of questions raised by this? You, you wondered, is it exploitative? Is it porn? They were like, it was all very beefly shot and they were wearing clothes, but they were being turned on. Like, it definitely crossed some kind of a boundary, didn't it? Because I, I, you wonder, you know, the audience for that particular clip, was it made up of people who were seeking mm-hmm. some kind of um, simultaneous sexual satisfaction from watching it? Or was it people who were just curious to see the different manifestations of orgasm in these different women and how all of them sort of build up to it? And at the same time, you've got this extra literary element where they're reading an extract from a book that was... Can be completely unsexual. Yeah, unsexual. And it it was... Wasn't it it their favourite part of the book? The the project is called Hysterical Literature, isn't it? I suppose it's it's like the mechanical aspect of having a vibrator. Maybe if it were like a human interaction it might be a bit different. I don't know. Mm. I guess it's kind of interesting because it's kind of not against their will, but they're obviously trying to suppress it a bit. They all, like, mm. if you watch any of them, you see they kind of try and keep reading and they, you know, their face is kind of betraying them, but they're trying to hold back. Actually, when we were talking before about like, you know, men saying that part of orgasm is like holding back, holding back, holding back as long as you can yeah. kind of thing. And like, maybe we don't experience that as much. I wonder, I don't know. If I we think vibrators actually a quite interesting topic because um, they definitely kind of get the job done yeah but maybe not in a very satisfying way because i think there are obviously levels of orgasm and you could have almost what i would call like quite a superficial or shallow orgasm from a vibrator which is you know it's a machine there's no person attached to it or well it might be but (laughs) you know depending on how you're using it um it could kind of yeah scratch the itch but doesn't really provide the same experience as being with a partner and i suppose what's happening there is that they're having a, a kind of experience that is uh, quite perfunctory, but they're kind of going along with it because they have to, but it's not necessarily like they're able to be reading. They're not totally distracted mm. because it's quite a localised experience. Mm. It's not an emotional mm. experience. They used to use something similar, I think, in, in doctors for women who were perceived to be hysterical. That's so right, deliver, yeah. To deliver an orgasm. Um, Being hysterical is having a blocked womb. Yeah. 
Um, so that's all we've got time for this week. A little dare for next week. Um, either some kind of leg-clenching exercise or a mental orgasm, and we will report back. Um, and here's Je t'aime mon uh, by Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin. And that's the end of the show. program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.